Hello there. Welcome to Studio 6201. I'm Chris Cobbin. And I'm Daryl Coster. Daryl, what's going on, buddy? Not much. It's been a while, Chris. Oh, spring vacation's over, dude. Uh, <laughs> spring vacation. <laughs> Boy, this adulting stuff is a real drag. Yeah, my it? kids, they're just like denizens of death with oh, man. being sick. It's been uh, it's been COVID central the last couple weeks, but we're here, yeah. ready to go. Ready to go. Got some conversations. It was you, then it was me, then it was a maybe, and then it was uh, a... And even recently, uh, again, uh, slipping into my wife's work. Yeah. You know, we're, we're waiting to see how that all plays out. So it's just, you know, I'm... Uh, and when you said she was negative this morning, I'm like, no. hey, then I, I'm probably good to come over. Yeah. It's, you know, but last week I wasn't sure, and the week yeah. before you weren't sure. It was... Yeah. Well, it happened. My son had been with somebody, a friend of his on Saturday, who tested positive. Yeah. And that's the close contact they talk about. So we all sat pins and needles <laughs> using up our stash of tests. Yeah. You know, we're running out. we got to get some more soon. But uh, so far, I've dodged this thing, and I'm pretty darn happy about it. We've had to go out and get new tests a couple times. Like, we're really cautious about it. We don't yeah. want to get anybody sick. So we're, if somebody feels sick in the family, as long as we have the symptoms or they were around somebody, we're like, yeah, take exactly. a test. Yeah. My son took a test tonight because we had supper, yeah. and we had uh, curried chickpeas and and. Something nice. else. They were tasty, yeah. really hot. Yeah. And he goes, I couldn't taste anything. Oh, that's But great. do a test. <laughs> right now, that's do a great. test. Because that's one of the big indicators, yeah. right? Yeah. It's, and he's just like, no, I just can't taste it. And so I made him do a test, and he's fine. But it's like, that's yeah. one of the big indicators. And we eat really good food at home. So mm-hmm. it was very weird. But the good news is we've dodged it again. Yes. And here we are doing what we love to do. So Absolutely. Uh, the drink in my hand, because you're driving again tonight. Yes, so you're I am. Not, you're not drinking with me, and that's okay. Uh, just, I'll make a fool for both of us. Thank Excellent. You uh, what are we? What are we into tonight? What am I into tonight? Tonight, you're drinking Maker's Mark. Uh, okay. Maker's Mark bourbon is a really beautiful bourbon out of Kentucky. Um, it's made with a soft red winter wheat, but that's not the main grain. The right. main grain is corn. As always, it's fifty-one percent. Right. So you're going to get a lot of you're going to get some weedy flavors in there that are going with the corn. It's like a drinking a breakfast cereal. Right. Bre- drinking a breakfast yeah. cereal. Now that's that's a slogan right there. Exactly. Okay, so here we go. People love that. So you're going to get the normal tastes of a sweet and balanced type of taste with caramel, vanillas, and some fruity essences. Yeah. You're always going to get caramel. It's just the whole process of burning the oak cask and having it sit in there. It it creates a very care, and you should get some vanilla out of that, too. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm looking forward to enjoying that this evening. We'll talk a bit more about it later. Um, We uh, get to the cheers portion of the show here. And I think the cheers tonight should be the fact we're back doing this again. Uh, cheers to that, for sure. I have others. Please. I have three others, too. Yeah. But oh, look at you. I love yeah. it. Okay, what are your cheers? I'm fully on board. Today is my mother's 77th hey. birthday. Happy birthday, Mom. That's yeah. Awesome. That is awesome. So that's her birthday today. Tomorrow's my 21st wedding anniversary. Oh, dude. And then well this done. weekend is Mother's Day. Exactly. Yeah, so cheers to all that. It's a yeah. good week of that celebration. There's a lot going on right now. Yeah. I'll throw a hoist one up for that. Yeah, Absolutely. for sure. Cheers. It's, uh, there, that's a lot to, A lot of people that are very important for a lot of things right <laughs> yeah. there. So I'm very happy to May's do a good month. My birthday's at the end of the month, too. Oh, yeah? Yeah, so it's a good month for me. Yeah, that Busy. is a good month for you. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a lot of obligations in yeah. there for the family and stuff like that. We don't do a lot of celebrating, but it's good. And you, what's your cheers besides us getting together? Uh, getting us to, well, I think that's a fantastic one because uh, I'm happy to get the conversation out of my head again. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, there's a lot going on right now. Um, my daughter, uh, I, <laughs> the funny cheers, but uh, my daughter decided this year in her last year of high school that she wanted to play rugby. And oh. I kept saying to her, I go, do you, you know what rugby is, right? Because like, I love my daughter to death, but, and I'm not going to say she's soft because that would be mean. But right. she's, I, I don't, I've never seen her do anything, right? Right. I, so I was, uh, I was curious how this was going to play out. 
Uh, and she played a, 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 or a rugby match the other day and got beat up pretty good, eh? Did she? Yeah. So I asked her, I go, so what does it feel like to take a hit? She goes, loved it. <laughs> so good for her. I That's awesome. to my daughter <laughs> yes. for being a dumb SOB because I know it hurt because well, she's been limping for days. When we get, when we get my wife in here, yeah. you can ask her about her boxing career. Mm. Yeah. I love a good boxing story. Yeah, she she was really. We'll talk about it when she comes in, which I'm not. We're not sure when the wives are going to come in. They were supposed yeah. to come in, but then all this stuff happened over the last three weeks. We're so. trying to figure it out, folks. Yeah. Uh, well, speaking of boxing, actually, it's a great lead into our first topic here tonight because uh, <laughs> there, boy, there's some smells <laughs> that come out of boxing locker rooms, right? Yeah. Because I was reading this article about weird uh, smells that you love, and when I was thinking about it, the thing that came to my mind right away was when I was growing up, there was a town just north of Bancroft called Birds Creek. Uh, the, I believe it was the grafts that own it. We'd stop there all the time because it was the co-op. Right. And so we get all the feed and stuff like that. And the smell of the co-op, I, to this day, 54-year-old Chris Coffin, is as clear as day. Absolutely. Still smell it. Right. For me, it's Quaker Oats in Peterborough. Oh. I can still smell that. And a worse smell that I don't like, but I recognize every time, is A.G. Simpson in Oshawa. Oh, I worked yeah. there for a while. And I drive by it, and it's just a cut. No, you have to work there. And once you work no. there, you, it never leaves your nose. You're like, really? you get within a kilometer of it, and you can smell it. It's oh, <laughs> horrible. There's other things in here they mentioned, though, that I kind of dig, like the smell of an old book. Yeah. Right? There's something very nostalgic about it. A that. library, an old library yeah. with a lot of really old books. It's that, and that's a mixture. They've already done, they've done testing on it. That's a mixture of dust, human hair, mold growth. Yeah. Oh There's yeah. just a ton of stuff there. But it, it's it's like the new car smell. Yeah. You know, the new car smell is just a whole bunch of chemicals that have been used to clean the car and produce it and everything else. That they've convinced you is a new car smell. And people love the smell of it. But mm. old books, for me, it's baking bread. If I walk into a house oh. and they have baking bread, I'm instantly just, yeah. I'm, it's like that show me what you're cooking. cartoons where the guy would float, float. on the head of the Oh, way. yeah. <laughs> any good, any food that's cooking or meat, yeah. like, oh, driving what? by a place that's got cooking burgers or steaks. Oh. Well, I once uh, was speaking to a real estate agent, and she said every time she had an open house, she put something to cook in the oven. Yeah. You know, because just the, s the smell will convince people of many things. It, it, well, it's chocolate chip cookies is a big one they do. Yeah. And they did that for a long, and they have smell scent machines that do it now. But yeah. it's the cooking of Damn the chocolate chip cookies. Damn computer's taking over again. Because it reminds you of comfort at home. Yeah, well, that's the thing. And that you walk in, you smell it, and you feel comfortable, and suddenly the house you want. Yeah. Might not be. No, but, but it smells it like it. Smells like the house yeah. I want. There was other uh, one in here that. Uh, how about the smell when the match goes out? That is what. As soon as I read that, I remember you that. just. Right. Cap guns. Right. Oh, cap, cap guns. guns. Oh, that. Oh yeah. Yeah. Right. That's. That what is that? that sulfur. Fortnite, whatever. Yeah. It's sulfur, black powder, light pack. Just the smell of it. It's so specific, right? Like it, it is. I could. That is what that smell yeah. is. Yeah, I, I love that smell, and I forgot I forget about it. Same as firecrackers. I haven't been around firecrackers oh, yeah. for years, but when fire like explosions go explosions go off of firecrackers yeah. after it's all done and it floats down to you, yeah. I could sit there and yeah for hours. Exactly, I love exactly. that smell. Well, I read study after study how they spend millions of dollars figuring out what scent will make people buy things in department yeah. stores. Uh, maybe they need to go back a little bit. Maybe <laughs> these are the smells. Uh, right? yeah. Can we handle that? And I'm super cell smell sensitive, so like, oh, I, I don't oh, know. So I, we have a mall in our area called the Oshawa Center. Yeah. And I walk in there, and there's days I walk in there, I feel like I'm going to pass out because there's three or four big candle stores in there, and the smells are so overwhelming. Can you imagine working in a candle store? The I I would have a headache all the I mean, time. Great people, but I, exactly yeah. right. Well, I, as a kid. When I was a kid, I'm sure the same thing happened to you. The first few times, dozen years, we went to bars, 
it was all Jacquard Noir and, yes. and this so, stuff, yeah, right? Exactly. And the place was now anybody even wears perfume or cologne, I I can't have you near me. It's too strong. It's overpowering. Wow. Yeah, it's really overpowering. You middle aged guy, you. I'm so old. I'm, oh, I can't eat goodness. tomato sauce anymore. I can't <sighs> eat garlic. Man, oh man. Other things on the list that I thought were interesting. Um, the, the, when you open a can of tennis balls, is the example they use. Oh. But you know, anything like that smell that comes out of there. Yeah. I remember that. And the other one, uh, which I totally buy, is sawdust. Uh, now that doesn't take me to a specific place, but I render that smell immediately in my brain. Yeah, I I don't because I have a wood shop at my house and I do a lot of woodworking, so I don't smell sawdust at all. Really? And most people don't realize how how overwhelmed your olfactory senses oh, can absolutely. become. When I was working, when I owned Buster Rhinos and we did a lot of meat smoking, mm-hmm. I could not smell or taste smoke in any food. Really? Yeah, at all. So people would be like, this is so smoky. would be like, what? It tastes like, it tastes like ribs to me. No, you can't taste that smoke? Nope. Because my, my taste buds and my sense of smell have been overwhelmed to smoke and I could no longer feel it, smell it, taste it. It was gone. Crazy. And it's just started coming back. And there's a ton of food that I'm eating at home now, and I'm and always always with the food with me. Uh, there's a ton of food at home now that I I'll, I'll sit down and I'll go and have a bite of something. I'll be like, "Has this always tasted like this?" Really? And Beth's like, "Yeah." I'm like, it's, "You're like that person who quit smoking and suddenly had tasting new yeah, things." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And realizing you hated them, coffee <laughs> tastes like this. Oh, that's horrible. <laughs> you convince yourself with something else entirely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Exactly, because well, smoking it, did do that to you. Yeah, no. For sure. But it's weird how that all works. Eh? What a magnificent machine we have here. Yeah, I love the smell. Really like I, I smell things. I, when I smoked and I had Buster Rhinos, yeah. so I smoked cigarettes and I yeah. had Buster Rhinos and smoked food, so I couldn't smell anything with smoke ever. Like, right. you, could, you could have a fire in front of me, but I can't smell yeah. anything. Well, if you ever want to geek out on science, you can do a really interesting deep dive into why we don't taste our own saliva. Because I've the, never thought of that. Oh, dude, it, it, it's the exact example. We're used to it. But the taste of our saliva, the things going on in here, it, that is, there's a taste of that in there. I know there's it's some smell some days. That's horrible. Yeah. <laughs> Have to wear those N95 masks. You put that on like, oh, I oh. need a mint. Oh, man, you know what? The worst thing, burping in a mask. Oh. Oh, dude. I just, you know, like I, I had Chinese for lunch today. Yeah. Oh. So all the way in, I kept burping. I'm like, dude, you got to stop burping in the mask. Uh, well, mine is garlic, right? Garlic. That's one uh. of the reasons I can't eat garlic. So we used to go to, uh, there's a pita place uh, that Beth and I loved when we were younger. And we still do. Like, it's a fantastic pita place. Right. And we'd eat a pita. We'd go there for a pita. I'd get a Euros and you know, have right. garlic on it and stuff. Right. And then we'd go see the movie. We'd go see a movie down the street. And I'd be sitting in the movie theater and I would burp. And Beth would be like, my God, what did you do? <laughs> Because the garlic would make it so bad. <laughs> it's horrible. So I can't, that's why it's just Chinese food. Oh, I can't do it. <laughs> oh, man. That's my, that's my lesson to the children. Don't burp in your mask. Yeah. <laughs> um, we're, we're, we're drinking uh, um, Baker's Mark. Thank you. And you'd mentioned uh, about this, the weeded bourbon. Tell us about because yeah. it's, it's a bit of a different, right? So all alcohols are made with different things. And there's uh, a thing called a mash bill in them. And some a mash bill, a mash bill, and it's basically what grains are inside that alcohol. Right. Okay. Bourbon has to be made with fifty-one percent corn. Okay. Period. Gotcha. Can't have and it's that's got to be its base ingredient, mm-hmm. and then everything else can be a grain after that. It can be rye, it can be wheat, it can be uh, barley. I think uh, there's a whole bunch of them they can put in there, but wheat is not that common. It's usually rye when you're talking about uh, bourbon. So the wheat in them will change the flavor of that. You'll get less sharp notes. You'll get less cinnamon. You'll get less uh, 
a less of those flavors that you would get from the rye. Right. Right. So, so it's that's a, the difference. It's a, it, people say, say it's smoother, but it's not. I, I like to call it a breakfast cereal because it's made of corn and wheat. Mm-hmm. Rye, you don't eat many cereals with rye in it, but corn and wheat, you absolutely do. Or they don't tell us. No. Well, yeah, <laughs> they might. It's a cereal it. grain, right? So, exactly. but you can definitely tell a difference. And one night we'll do a, a side by side, so right. you can taste a you can taste a rye and you can, like a rye uh, bourbon and a weeded bourbon. Hmm. Well, the education continues. Yep. Uh, let's uh, go into a much happier subject: cremation. <laughs> <laughs> How do you slide into that? Coolie? This is a great conversation at home. We have it all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know what? Uh, I think, uh, well, s- these numbers that we have for you, society's opinion of cremation is changing. It's, it's becoming the favored thing to do. Well, and I think it's because the younger generation are looking at graveyards and going, what a waste of space. Yeah. Like, it's a tremendous waste of space. Mm-hmm. And a lot of us, like my parents were, and my grandparents were all about seeing their mothers and fathers in the graveyard, going and visiting them. Putting flowers on. I don't want anybody to visit my grave. <laughs> Don't waste your time. Yeah. Remember me. Maybe look at a picture. Maybe watch a video. Maybe listen to my podcast. Uh, <laughs> but I don't want you to go to a grave. I don't want to take up that space. Yeah. It seems very morbid. Yeah. Yeah. It really, I, and you and I were talking about this b- a bit before. I'd, I'd be happy if my wife threw me over our back fence into the farmer's field yeah, and just let no. me rot there. I, I, yeah. I, I just like, I have so many hangups about this as I get older. I, it yeah. never occurred to me before, but like, don't bury me in a box, man. I, I'm no. just, I just, I can't do it. it. It horrifies me to think about it. But yeah, I mean, I, I think, I, I love that this is happening. So the numbers are, is that, so 20 years ago, about, uh, uh, about 17% of people were, had some sort of inclination to cremate right. themselves. In 2020, 56% of uh, deceased people were cremated. So we're obviously tipping over the medium here. Well, and, and I think, I, I wonder what, is it is it the message you're talking about? I, I, I And when I think about it, it might be, but I'll bet you a big chunk of that is because people can't afford to be buried anymore. Boy. You have to buy a plot of land. It's crazy. Right? And you have to buy that plot of land up front, and it's not cheap. You have to buy a box to bury you in. And nobody wants to be buried in a cardboard box, so they have to, you know, and even in, I think in some states, there's laws that you have to have it shrouded in a, cer- a certain thing, so it's got to be, sub- so before you know it, you're hitting 20, 30, 40, 50, 60,000 dollars mark just to be buried. Right, which is ridiculous. Ridiculous amount of money. And then you have everything else that goes with it. People wanted funerals, so you had the funeral, and then you had the wake afterwards, and it was just, it was so much money, and people don't, that disposable income for a big chunk of American population is totally gone. And it's going away for Canada very quickly as well. Yeah, and it's it's it, it's still expensive to cremate. Like it surprises me how expensive it is to cremate. I, I, it's a little bit over five thousand dollars, I believe, in Ontario. And I may be wrong, so don't hold me to that. Don't yeah. say Daryl said. Yeah. Um, but it's it's expensive. It's yeah. not cheap. It's it, it's it's debilitating enough that you're like, why can't I just dig the hole? <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, like we we joke, you know, Viking funeral, man. Honestly, pile some sticks up. Yeah. You know. And uh, have uh, big chairs. 100%. And away we go. Because yeah. uh, I don't care. Have my friends there. Yeah. A few bottles of bourbon. Yeah. Have a good time. Yeah. Enjoy what I did. Enjoy yeah. who I was. Yeah. Or pretend like you yeah. enjoyed who I was. Uh, although I do insist that you, before you light the flame, someone gets up and starts just wailing on me to make sure I'm actually dead and I'm just passed out. <laughs> There's you know, some like real horror stories about this, eh? Right? Like actual, like a bell ringer. Right. You know the tale of the bell ringer? The t- what's the tale of the bell ringer? The tale in, of the in, bell in the, ringer. In the casket, isn't that the... They, what they did in Victoria-style England, they used to bury people so often that were alive. Hmm. 
they would actually ring, there would be a bell outside, and it would be tied to a rope, and it would go down to the casket, and someone would sit there and listen and wait for them to ring it. Really? In case they woke up. Imagine that as a profession. Because there was a lot. That, so humans were really messed up in the Middle Ages, <laughs> and they really didn't understand what death was. Yeah. You know, oh, he's got the vapors. Look, she died. Yeah. What happened? But it wasn't. They had a bad flu. You couldn't feel yeah. their heart. Yeah, they're Diarrhea cold. killed you. Yeah, man. they're dead. Put them away. Yeah. And they didn't. They didn't have a, a, a good quality way of testing. And there's some real the, – there's a guy I watch on YouTube all the time, uh, at, uh, Answers with Scott or something like that. I'll figure it out. I'll, I'll post it. But he actually has a really good 25-minute video on the horrors of Victorian England's death. And he talks about what happened. And it's like, yeah, that's that was a huge problem at one point. Yeah. Please just make sure I'm dead. Yeah, that's that's my old, that's my thing. Yeah. I, like I have several people marshalized to to do that. Yeah, because uh, you know, okay, do what you got to do, but after you've confirmed that, but something I don't sharp, you know, and and make sure there's like if if my demise came as a result of a fall, man, I could just be out. You yeah, know, I could just be, you knowing I could you know so stop that. Well, lately, and with my Vivance crashes, I could just be sleeping. <laughs> I really see? just out. So we need some protocol in place. Is yeah. all I'm saying. Yeah. You know, but I, I'm you know I mean if I can't be a tree, cremate me. I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to take up space. I don't want to. I don't want to be burdensome fifty years down the road when right. they take the land. Yeah, <laughs> you know. I don't, I don't want my kids. I don't, I don't want scenarios. my kids having to cart me around. And like by this. the way, never ever get. This is my lesson to any of the generations for the next twenty five years. Don't get buried anywhere close to, to a, clo- a coast of any sort, or, <laughs> or shoreline of a lake. Because the things that are happening along, especially in Scotland and Ireland right now. Oh, yeah? Where these caskets are, like, popping out of the ground. Really? You know, because there's so much coastal erosion right yeah. now, right? So, like, this is my lesson for the next 25 years. Please, we need, a, a, a like, a 15-kilometer buffer. Yeah, New, New Orleans. They used to bury everybody in, right? in cement casks above the ground. I don't want my family to get a notice saying, oh, you got to come pick up. And yeah. you know. <laughs> we found your dad's hand. <laughs> oh, man. Right? I no know. needs that. I know. This is and it's a morbid conversation, yeah. but we have this at home because wow. I don't want my wife to have to do this. I, I don't want, and frankly, I love my wife. I don't want to have to. I'll always mourn her. Yeah. I don't need to see her body or her grave or her her urn yeah. to mourn her. I will mourn her either way. Yeah. Well, Why do I is, have this? Is this is the bigger conversation of how to deal with these scenarios yeah. and these afterlife situations. Because I think a lot of people, because there's, there's there's a lot of pride in your existence, right? And you want to think that people are going to remember you. Like, how many times have you Everybody read a story about Everybody wants to be a, remembered. There was a, a great story I was reading about this guy in Russia who didn't know he was being appreciated, so he faked his death to see who showed up at the funeral. <laughs> I mean, hey, you know, if you got cash to burn, good on you. But there's this thing where we, we, we need that validation. Yeah. Right? And I, I'm the same way. I just want my family to, you know, go on. Yeah. You know, no one else can call you dad, but, you know. Yeah. Just you know, we we got to stop being afraid of these things. No, and and we and have a big been. conversation about them. I don't know if it's partially because I wonder if that's changed because religion is changing. Mm. You know, because that was always a big part of religion, right? You had to be buried. Yep. There, there, you had to be in the ground in order to go to heaven. And I'm not a believer of that either way. But there's a lot of people that do believe in that, and religion has to change their stance. I'm and I'm positive they're changing their stance on that to some degree. Well, uh, yeah, I yeah, because you know what? For me, it's it's like the pomp and circumstance of it all. Perhaps the wrong phrase, but, but you know, th- there's so much with cer- ceremony. Well, yeah. Stop with the ceremony. You know. Yeah, I'm. It sucks. Thanks for coming out. Yeah. 
You know, really, I don't need some big thing. All I want is he led a good life. Yeah. Look at the crap he did. Yeah. It's great for him. Let's have a drink. Go home. Yeah. Here's a video to remember him by. Exactly. Exactly. Well, and we, we live uh, in, in the time of space right now. I'm a big hockey fan, and, and Guy Lafleur has yeah. just passed. And this very day that we're recording this was his burial. Uh, and it came it, it came to me in that, you know, they, people often wonder how they're going to be seen, perceived, talked about. Uh, and it strikes me as if you're just someone who lives with grace and some respect and some humanity about you, it'll take care of itself in the end. Yeah. Right? We, we, we have to trust in that because... In order to make decisions about things like cremation, we have to be able to have that conversation with a partner because people need to know. Yeah. And it's the worst thing to talk about. But stop being afraid of it, right? And this is the problem. People are afraid of death. Mm -hmm. And it's funny. I don't know if you're like this, but I'm like this. As I get older, I think about it a bit more. More. Absolutely. And, you know, I'm I'm happy. I've I've led a a really good life. I'm not a believer. Um... But I have to believe that I've been a really, I have been a really good person all my life, I, or at least I try to be. I'd like to think I am. I I help people out. I try and help people out that are more down on their luck than I am at any given time. I treat people generally very well, and I have to think that if if there is some higher power, they don't look at me and go, "You didn't pray. You're yeah. going to hell." Yeah. They look at me and go, "You were a good yeah. man. Yeah. Come on up." That notice that I I tried to live every aspect of my life where I could under the golden yeah. rule of. Do unto others as you would have yeah, done. Yeah, and I'm not going to change the way I live, even if, even if somebody, even if suddenly there was somebody that popped into a room and went, "I'm God." I'm mm-hmm. not going to change the way I live. Yeah, but ha- but to have the confidence to believe that, so you can live your life honestly like that, is is the big stopping point for a lot of people. Not be, I don't know whether because it's not easy or it's just not acceptable, but it's a lot of work. It, it is. is. Right, that's a lot of work. It is, and it's it's an it's an important. Beth and I have a really open relationship, and I think you and Kim do yep. as well. Yep. And we have a very open relationship. And these are the kinds of conversations you can have with somebody that you have a really good open relationship yep. with. And ours usually starts off with like, "Hey, did you see that new way of cremating somebody?" Yeah, there, exactly. uh, you know, you and I just yep. talked about this a couple minutes ago about how there's a whole new technology out there. You wanted to be buried and made into a tree, yeah, like I could be made know, in a tree. And I'm like, "There's a water why?" And I'm not exactly sure how they do it. But it's a water bath where they put you in and they cook you at such a high temperature or bubbles. shake it's you. It's got to be bubbles. See, the only way I'll agree is if you're like, come on now. The ultimate hot tub. Right. The oh, last hot tub man. trip. <laughs> and when they're done you're with selling it. selling me. Yeah, when they're done with it, there's nothing but your base components. That's great. That's great. Calcium, iron, yeah. stuff like that. And they just wash you out. Yeah. You just go into the sewer. Yeah. And I'm like, that's perfect. Yeah. That's exactly. what we should be doing. That's what how everybody should be done. Exactly. But find find a space that's having that conversation right now. Like, we see Canada, this move uh, to assist the death a lot. So some of that yeah. conversation is coming in. I love in. that. Well, I, I, I'm very mixed about the subject, but I, I love that the conversation is taking place because that's where we'll get to whatever level people need to yeah. be on with this. It's a tough conversation. Because I want it to be, I want, I want people to have a choice. Yep. You know, but but these are the things like talking about cremation. To be able to be open enough with the people in your life, and your immediate sphere, uh, 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 well, we're we're definitely further along that road than we've ever been as a society. I just from Truth when we were kids, Chris, right? Our grandparents, saying, you know, my grandmother, terrible situation, had a stroke, and she was in the hospital for five or six years, curled up in a ball, couldn't move. Mm. I, I don't want that to happen. My yeah. my whole entire family, Beth and I have signed the paperwork and everything to say if this does happen to one of us, yeah. just it's assisted suicide. Yeah. Um, it's just gone. Stop mm-hmm. it. Don't mm-hmm. 
don't let us go on like that. It's not a way. To, it's not a good way to live. So, and you have to have those conversations. You can have those conversations with somebody that you like and you have a good rapport with. My wife. It's important. Yeah, it's important, and I think almost for your own comfort level too, right? Yeah, for absolutely. The, the individual. So let's drink on that. Let's drink on that. This <laughs> is a fantastic uh, maker's mark. Very good because actually uh, the next uh, subject we're getting into. Wonderful. Yeah, I can. You teach me too much now. Because now yeah. I'm, I'm starting to feel and taste different. But this is what now. you should be. This is what everybody that drinks alcohol should do. Because alcohol, good alcohol, isn't necessarily that expensive, mm-hmm. and you can find a very good alcohol that you enjoy having in your mouth easily. You just got to be willing to try three or four different styles. Exactly. And here we are, you know, trying three or four different. A weeded, styles. a weeded bourbon. It's something new for you. I love it. Uh, well, let's keep these uh, lines of communications open because this is something you've been wanting to get into for a while because um, it, it's an interesting uh, conversation uh, because we, um, I think that for a lot of us of a certain generation, uh, the phrase ADHD is thrown around like an umbrella. Like yeah. I, I know that I, I've been diagnosed with it uh, to various levels because I was basically a restless child in school which was true, I exhibit some of the things, but then uh, someone like yourself, I mean, you as an adult are still medicating. Yeah, I... I and this is another one of these conversations that's good to have out in public. Yeah, this, this, was, a, this was a tough one uh, to have, and I, so I've, I was never diagnosed as a kid. When we were kids, the diagnosis for ADHD for children wasn't that prevalent. It was very, it was actually very low. Um, so I was never diagnosed with that, and I was always given the same kind of speech that we all got you're not trying hard enough you daydream yeah. a lot your yeah. potential is so great you just yeah. can't see it oh, yeah. and it's not life. yeah and it's not that i can't see it i i can see it i know it's there i have no ability to actually trigger it or harness that and it's not it's really once you start learning about adult adhd or add or neurodivergency you start realizing that there's a lot of things in your life that you thought were Oh, I was lazy. wasn't It was a basically you were frozen in a, in a feedback loop. Right. Of I know That's I a have. Great way of putting that. I know I have to pick up my socks, but I can't pick up my socks. I know I have to do this, and a lot of it's done with timing. And, and we're all different. Everybody that's got ADHD or ADD or neurodivergency is slightly different. So you can never. You can't. It's very hard to pigeonhole somebody and say this is what you have because it is so different. Um, I started taking Vyvanse. I took it last summer, and I had some really, really bad results from it. And over the last year, I've had a couple other friends that have had a diagnosis from the medical establishment, and they started taking Vyvanse, and they started taking double doses. And so I, I told my wife, I said, and she had already suggested I take double doses. This is the kind of industry she works in. Right. And I didn't listen to her, and I didn't listen to her because – she doesn't have ADHD, so she doesn't know what I'm going through. Boy, that's a great way of putting that. And it, and it sucks, and I feel bad for my wife because she tries. She mm-hmm. really does try. Yep. Cares. But right. I literally won't listen to her even though she works <laughs> in the profession because she doesn't understand. And unless you have, unless you actually have ADHD or this, you, you – I hear people all the time, oh, I have ADHD, I squirrel. It's, it's yeah. not. I've never looked at when something and went squirrel. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it doesn't work. I, I – there's a lot of different levels uh, perceived by people. Yeah. Uh, that might not necessarily be true, but we've, we this sort of we just been thrown this as an umbrella diagnosis. It's like autism. Every kid's you can diagnose every single kid is autistic. Yeah, and I'm sure almost everybody's somewhere on that. So this is yeah. something my wife and I talk about a lot a lot. I'm sure everybody's somewhere on that spectrum. 
spectrum with autism, like whether you're very, very low, almost nil, all the way through to non-functioning. Yeah. Um, and it's a tough call because, and a lot of them are different, but they all have, some of them have all the same things. And ADHD doesn't. And, me, and boys and girls, it's different. So girls are really, uh, as far as the spectrum is concerned, most people are, oh, it's, it's boys that have it. It's not. Girls just don't exhibit the same symptoms as boys do, generally. So whereas a boy is really hyperactive, most girls are thoughtful and they're in they're withdrawn and they're, you know, they're artsy yeah. and they have all these terms for them and they don't put them through ADHD testing because that's what they are. But in the meantime, they actually have the same underlying problems that can be fixed very quickly. And the most bizarre thing, Chris, is ADHD is the most scientifically studied brain disorder really? out there. And... It's the easiest single one to fix. How so? Like Drugs. Drugs will do it almost immediately. And here's the thing. Most of the drugs are a Schedule 1 drug. Um, so they're very, very much uh, monitored by your doctor. Even at 51 years old, my drugs are monitored by my doctor. I, he knows exactly how many pills I have. He knows how many I've taken. And the thing is, I can tell you right now, I forget to take my pills more often than not. You feel immediately? Oh yeah, it's it's fast. Yeah, like your body is connected enough to, to require that. Yeah. Uh, so, so the weird. So uh, let me try and explain it because it's how it works for me. And as I said, everybody's neurodivergency is different. Sure. So I've been I've been struggling for the last year to a couple of years to try and really figure out how I, I can explain this to somebody. Because um, I wanted my wife to understand because she does work in this field, mm -hmm. and uh, I wanted my wife to understand what I was kind of going through. I watched this one, I can't remember the video, but the guy told, said what his ADHD and why it worked the way it did for him. And it fit my description really well at that time. And, and, and since then, I have expanded on it and made it better. The easiest way to think about it is the average person has eight slots of RAM. Okay. Okay. And when you're given directions, you may be given seven directions. And your eight slots of RAM will hold those seven directions, no problem. So you remember the first step is you have to get up. The second step is you have to brush your teeth. The third step is you have to wash out your mouth. The fourth step is you have to do this and so on until right. you get to seven steps. Gotcha. Somebody that has ADHD in many cases only has five pieces of RAM. So by the time they, by the time you get to the sixth thing they have to do, they have to wipe that first memory slot clean. Mm. So they forget to get up out of bed. Mm -hmm. Then they give them the seventh one and they wipe the second one or something in between, and they forget what they were doing. Mm -hmm. That may be eating. That may be having a drink. A lot of people on ADHD just forget to drink water for an entire day, just go now, to bed. Is it, is, it, is it consistently those things, or is it, is it, is it skipping through the list of things randomly? Oh, it's, it, everybody's different. Uh, mine's really very random, and once I lose track... It's gone. Really, eh? I, and it's, a, it's, it's really a nightmare for me. And even the kids and I, we talk about it all the time because I, you can see it because I start searching for words. Mm -hmm. So when, my, when I'm coming down off my Vyvanse, because mm -hmm. it's very quick, like it's called a crash, and it happens to everybody. I take it twice a day, yeah. and I still, I still crash. And when I do, I start searching for words. And if you come and see me and you talk to me in the middle of the day, I don't search for words. Everything's like at the tip of my tongue pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. But at 5 o'clock at night, 6 o'clock at night, the kids come home. I'm like, what do you want to have for dinner? Start sundowning. And they'll be like, uh, I don't know. What do you want to have? Well, we have this, uh, oh, what is the name of that? It's green. Mm. It's green. It's uh, sticky. It's, it's, and I have to go through this memory process to try and figure out what I'm trying to say. And all I'm trying to say is asparagus. 
So if if at that point, do you, if you remedicated for the sake of it, does, does that correct it, or is this just the process yeah. that has to happen? Anyway? Yeah, cor- it corrects it. So it it, it it does. What what ends up happening is the the drug I'm on is uh, classified. And Beth will correct me when I get home if I'm wrong about this. Um, the drug I'm on is like a. Uh, it gives me energy. Escaping you. Is this what you're talking yeah, about? Yeah, it's a, I'm coming down. Right. <laughs> it gives me energy. Um, so it, it makes my, it's like drinking caffeine, right? It's, and it's a good analogy. I used to drink tons of caffeine. I don't drink caffeine at all anymore. Right. And when I started taking my Vivans, if I actually had a drink of caffeine, I would be a jitterbug for hours. I couldn't, I'd be, I had to, and I stopped right away. Like immediately, as soon as I took my Vivans and I had to drink coffee, I'm like, I can't do that. Really? It was horrifying. Well, yeah, my heart was racing. Right yeah, then. everything. So I take it in the morning. I take it at eight thirty, between eight thirty and nine o'clock every morning. Right. It's part of my daily routine. Routine. One of the problems with people with with a lot of people with ADHD is they can't get into the routine of things. They just it right. fails them because that memory they forget to brush their teeth. They forget to do this. They forget to do that. So you're always feeling like you're behind the ball. Or something. Yeah, and you are. So I, I like I wake up in the morning and I know I have a shower every morning. Almost every morning, six out of seven days a week, I have a shower. Sometimes it'll be a month before I I'll have a shower every day for a month. But my, my process is I get up, have a sip of water, go have a shower. When I get out of the shower, I go to my bathroom. I stand in front of my mirror, and it's right there. Like, my drugs are right there at right. the tap. So if so I have you to, see them. I, I have to turn on my tap every morning, mm-hmm. right, to whether I shave or whether I brush my teeth. Right. And it's right there, so I pick it up. Right. My second drug. I have to take in the afternoon, mm-hmm. and I did this because I actually started this because of my blood pressure medication. Okay. I have like 19 weeks of blood pressure medication at home because I kept on forgetting to take it. <laughs> so I just kept on like I, I have to keep. Why it. is my blood pressure so high? Yeah, what's <laughs> going on? I don't understand. I'm taking the drug. Oh. Um, so I, I did this to get the, and then that's what the Vivance was, and I started taking the second dose. And I've told Beth, I'm like, my fear, my fear is that I'm going to forget the afternoon dose. Right. And Chris, I can show you this on my phone right now. Look how many alarms I have. Oh, yeah. Jeez. That's like every 12, 45, uh, 15 minutes. 1, 1, 15, 1, 30. Yeah. And I still forget my second dose. Really? I have an hour worth of alarms every 15 minutes to say, take your Vivance, and I still forget. Well, the physiology of this must be fascinating because you're like you're a guy who's run a business. You're, like, you're used to having categories of things yeah. happening when they need to happen. Well, and what I realized very on early on in business was I can't do the mundane. Right. Right, we talked about this with the stress levels and stuff. I can't deal like the uh, the last time we had talked, we talked about stress levels and mm-hmm. I think there's three different stress levels. When you exactly, I can't do the mundane. I can't do the same thing day in yeah. day out. Can't I it. it will kill me. Yeah, can't do it. But so I always put myself into situations where this is why the company always kept on moving forward because I'd put myself in situations where I had to come up with a new recipe, I had to come up with a new dish, I had to come up with a new yeah. marketing idea, I had to come up with a new website, I had to come up with this. Right. To, so I was always that guy that was doing that. Yep. And I hired people to do the rest of the stuff. Yep. And that's what you do. As a CEO, you hire the people that fill those jobs. Every CEO starts out of, I'm going to start a company up. I'm good at everything. And then they go, well, I really right. suck at this. <laughs> and they hire somebody to take care of their books. And they're like, well, I really kind of suck yeah. at this too. And they hire somebody to take care of their marketing. And, exactly. and as you get more money, you do that. And that's mm-hmm. what I did. So it was really hard to run my business that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but my second dose of Vivance in the afternoon, I forget. And if I get really bad anxiety from Vivance. Mm-hmm. When I was taking it in the morning, when I quit the first time, I was a nightmare when I went to bed. Couldn't sleep. Hmm. Couldn't sleep. 
couldn't my mind would race for hours and I'd been off the I'd been off by advance for hours. So I talked to another pharmacist and my my doctor and stuff and he's like, You really need to take that second dose. Let's 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 titrate you. And Beth had been trying to get me to do this for years. Right. And then I had a friend, Alex, that she was taking it. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I'm taking my second dose. I'm like, and how is it? And she goes, My mind is in a bowl of spaghetti. Wow. And as soon as she said that, I'm like, done. Phone my doctor. I'm like, I need an appointment with you right away. I got to go back on Vyvanse. I need two doses. This is what I want to do. And because it worked for her so well. So one of the things I I figured out is like when Alex goes, oh, my brain is like a bowl of spaghetti. And it's now instead of having noodles stuck together, they're easy to pull out. When I have a thought, that's the thought. And I can go with it versus that's the thought. And then other noodles come with it. And then it's like, oh, what what thought were you on? Mm -hmm. For me, mine's more like gauze. Before I take my Vyvanse, my brain feels like it has a wrap of a heavy wrap of muslin cloth, cheesecloth around it. Hmm. Once I take the Vyvanse, it comes out. Wow. It's gone. But I can slowly feel it coming back mm-hmm. throughout the day. Mm-hmm. And it's such a it's such an upper right. that you take that a lot of times by four o'clock in the afternoon, I'm purely exhausted. Right. I'll sit on the couch and I'll pass out in two seconds, mm-hmm. which I've, I've never taken after, afternoon naps in my entire life. And there's many times where I, I just, I can't do this anymore. And I go home and I, I just snap mm-hmm. like right away, lay down and go to sleep. Right. But I've been able to see, I've become a calmer person. I've stopped snacking. I've stopped in the, one of the, one of the many, many effects of having ADHD is you're a snacker. A lot of people that have ADHD have really bad eating disorders. Got to do stuff, right? Yeah, because they're either eating a lot or they're not eating at all. Yeah. Like, take your pick. Exactly. One or the other. Uh, they also, you know, they've done studies and they've noticed that, because uh, in Canada, I, I'm not sure exactly technically how much it is yet, but up until a few years ago, as an adult, you couldn't even have ADHD. And there's still a lot of American states where you thing. can't, you can't, as an adult, have ADHD. Because it goes, you grow out of it. Well, this is the big thing that uh, because we look at the childhood numbers, and I mean, all, all the numbers will start there. It's yeah. about it's just over two percent of the population, it seems. Uh, roughly, roughly, uh, depending on region and when you break down male, female a little bit. Um, but it is really interesting how the system is sort of set up in a in a uh, in a way to create a platform for these kids. But once you hit an adult with ADHD. Um, you're in an area that has no structure, and, and like you just said, not a lot of acceptance of it. You're left to hang. You're th- you're throwing meds, and so basically, there's a lot of self medication. Yes, uh, people with a, a lot of people with ADHD are alcoholics or drug addicts, right? And they really are. Like I, I spent time in NA NAA, mm-hmm. um, and I can tell you, the vast majority of people that I spent time with in those rooms were as messed up as I was mm-hmm. with their ADHD. And there's a point in time when I have alcohol. Mm-hmm that I become incredibly clear-headed. I can't tell you exactly when that is because it changes. Did I eat really big food today or not? Gotcha. But if I have, let's say, for instance, two shots, mm-hmm. two ounces, mm-hmm. at that point, I may be perfect. Right. Your body chemistry is leveled out. God, it's so good. Yeah. But I go to two and a half and I'm a blubbering idiot. You went too far. Too far and I can't stop. Yeah. So, and this is what happens with them. They start, uh, there's a lot of people that have, uh, like they start taking drugs because, oh, look at this. This, this is a, uh, and I'm trying to find a word. What is a word that it's an upper, but it's not an upper. It's a stimulant. Stimulant. So okay. a stimulant, right? They take a stimulant, whether it be caffeine or cigarettes or whatever. Right. They take it 
And they're like, oh, I can think clearly. Cigarettes were great for that. Mm-hmm. I loved cigarettes. Mm-hmm. I smoked like mad for a lot of years because of it. And I and that was part of that. That was self-medicating for me because a cigarette is a stimulant. And it gave me that boost for a couple of seconds of getting yeah. my mind to think straight. Mm-hmm. And I smoked a lot. I smoked two packs a day when mm-hmm. I smoked. Um, you chase coffee. that rush. Yeah, coffee, same thing. And, and then you start getting into, you know, I was in this, got into not street drugs, but medical drugs for a while there. And I, I was taking a tremendous number of Valium and stuff just to get me. Right. And it would get me to this point where I'd be like, that's great. And then I'd take another one because I'm like, I'm, th- I'm this great now. I, how much greater could I be if I take another one? Exactly. And it was just me trying to get my brain to think right. And that's mm. all it was because it's a, it's, a, it's a befuddled mess sometimes in there. And you can see me as you get to know me more. You can actually see it when I start getting confused. And I get, it looks like I get confused. Right. Because I'll sit there and just be like, and I can jump through conversations. I'm a nightmare you, I have no doubt that you have some, I don't know how much ADHD you have, but yeah. you have some, because you talk like me. You can have, you and I can sit here in, in half an hour and have 40 different yeah. conversations and they're full conversations and they're quick. Exactly. And I was trying to explain this yeah. to Beth the other day. I said, you know, because she was asking me about this. What do you see? I'm like, you don't understand. When I talk to you, I love it. You're smart. You're a very, very smart lady, but it's not the same as yeah. talking to somebody with ADHD. Yeah, it, it, it is a different di- paradigm, right? It, it is. It's because it's, it's fast. It's, it's quick. Exactly. It's do, 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 do. Exactly. So quick, and you don't get that from somebody that doesn't have ADHD. And you ask, it's like people with. Do you have migraines? I, I haven't in a long time, but I did. I've had in my life. Yeah. Yes. So you you talk to people that go, oh, I have a migraine headache, and you go, and you if you have actual migraines, you're like, oh, what's it feel like? And they tell you, and you're like, oh, yeah, and sure you do. Yeah. Exactly. You know, I have people. I've talked to many people. Sure I have, enough. I, I think I have a bit of ADHD. Mm. Yeah, you don't. Yeah. <laughs> No, you don't. You, you're too. You're too. You don't. Yeah, yeah. Um, but if you're, if you're, so say we'll round the number of children with this up to three percent. Yep. Uh, I would probably most things like this are underreported, about a, anywhere from a half to a point and a half a percentage of this. So that means there's a lot of people becoming adults with this undiagnosed, misdiagnosed. We're talking about millions and millions of dollars in the labor force. Yes. In efficiency and productivity in and ability to advance in your job. And they're generally, in many cases, super intelligent. Exactly. But great problem solvers. Great problem solvers. But, but wrapped in the gauze. They, yeah, wrapped in the gauze and they can't do it. I can see... I can see mechanical things, and I can figure out, you can give me complex gears, and I can figure out exactly how they move in a second. Mm-hmm. Um, but when my mind's not working it, it's just like, oh, look at all the gears. And I get yeah. confused. There's things I know. I, as I'm getting older and I start realizing, once I started realizing I had this, I've been able to learn the way I learn. I've been able to watch things and go, I can't do that. And I've been able to actually say for the first time in my life, I'm not going to try that because I know that's going to anger me. And anger is a big part of ADHD. And it's, I, I was trying to explain to my kids, yes, I try to explain to my kids and my wife, look, I'm sorry I got angry with you. And I apologize a lot. I'm sorry. I'm not angry at you. Mm-hmm. I'm angry at me. Mm-hmm. And even when I talked, like I, I was talking that. to my son on the way here tonight, and I said, before we even started the conversation, I'm going to, I just said to him, I said, I know this is going to sound like I'm angry with you, but I'm not, Jackson. Mm-hmm. Just hear me out. Let me talk mm-hmm. and then answer me. But I'm not mad at you, so don't. Mm-hmm. Don't take it that way. I just, I'm mm-hmm. frustrated. Yeah. And there's there's not a lot of spaces where you can be comfortable enough to be that, well, unless you're creating it yourself. Well, there's not a lot. Of, yeah, you have to create it yourself. And mm-hmm. the pro- and the problem is, is the people that are undiagnosed, and even the people that are diagnosed, you're so neurodivergent, and you're so honestly different than the average person mm-hmm. that you create what's called a mask, and you put a mask on so you can fit in, mm-hmm. and it changes you. 
And anybody that's got ADHD, by the time they reach 20, their masks are so well set that a sure. lot of them can't remember what they actually no. were. It's, it's the process. It really is. Right? And there's, there's huge boards. There's, there's, the community for ADHD has grown significantly, especially on YouTube and TikTok. And there's a whole bunch of people that have ADHD that are professional people that have ADHD that have come out and said, let me tell you about mine. And you watch these things and you're just, it's shocked to go, okay, yeah, that's exactly what I have. And you don't realize how much of a mask that you put on yourself when you're doing this. And that mask, even with my wife, this is one of the reasons we're take, I'm taking a year off, is I don't recognize who I actually am. I think I was a lot different person when I was a child like, than I am as an adult. Right. And the people that I know, I have a good friend, Dave Abramchuk, who I remember him from the time we were like six to the forever. I've known him. And he was still the same person that he was when he was 10. But I'm not. I'm not the same guy. Mm. So it's about me trying to figure out who I am and take that mask off. And we do that and we hide it. We hide it very, very well. Mm-hmm. And suddenly you get into jobs you don't like and you're not good at and you quit. But you don't, have, you don't have the coping mechanism because it doesn't match the face you've created. Yeah. And you and you don't take your pills and suddenly you right. become bad at your job or you don't get things done on time. You're yep. a procrastinator. You're a, mm-hmm. you know, you, and you can't keep your job. It's a, it's, you're right. It's millions and millions of, pe- millions of people in the workforce mm-hmm. that are getting fired regularly, mm-hmm. that end up in jail a lot, right. that are caught drinking and driving, that are, that are never really making anywhere in their life. And there's very few of us... Well, not the very few. There's a lot of them that make it well. But you look at big CEOs and stuff of companies or big inventors, and they're all like that. Right. You talk to, you hear them talk, and you're like, oh, my God, that's me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm not as smart as they are, but that's right. me. Like, duh, 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 duh. Yeah. And one of the big problems here, too, is is if you get to the point where you go, I'm going to deal with this. I'm going to figure this out. Um, the cost yes. is almost debilitating, too. You're talking like two three thousand dollars dropping at a time on testing you just got to get to be made this and you got to take time off work to do it right like, i was lucky because i own my own business cost Did us you say it was like a three day three ordeal? day thing it was it was it was two thousand dollars it was three days my wife had to come out for two of them and i had to go out for one of them she had That's to be interviewed cost, i had to miss three days worth of work she had to miss two yeah. days worth of work it was it was significant to get this that gets up to 10 grand pretty quick yeah you and know? It, just to get this diagnosis of saying at 49 Daryl, you for sure have this, and these are the drugs I can give you. Right. But he doesn't even prescribe them. He's got to then get hold of your doctor, and then he's got to tell your doctor, this is who I am. I'm a professional that does this, and this patient has this, right. and these are the drugs I'm recommending. Because right. most GPs are not trained on how to do this. Really? And they don't know what they're doing. So they're, they don't know that they should be talking to their – like I had to talk to my doctor and say, you need to call me every week to two weeks. No holds. You have to call me and talk to me about my – my use of Vyvanse because right. it happens so quickly that if I get anxiety, I'm going to come off the drug. Right. And if I come off the and drug, I might not go back on. Exactly. But I'm going to know in five to seven days if it's happening. And if it's mm-hmm. happening in five to seven days, then I can get him to change my dose and I can right. say it's not high enough or it's too high or right. let's try and move it around. And that's, w- that's what we're doing right now. And it's going to take us six to eight months to figure this out. Right. But we didn't the first time I took this. Right. The doctor said, give him this much. My doctor gave me that much. And for a whole month, I didn't get to see him. And I go, yeah, went to him, and I'm like, I'm having a little bit of restlessness that night. Mm-hmm. And he goes, here, we'll, we'll give you another month's prescription. Come back and see me in a month. Right. And in that, by the end of that second month, I was on the verge of committing suicide. Really? I was always a nightmare. Really? I couldn't sleep. I, 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 for the first time in my life, I couldn't make a decision at work. Mm. Couldn't make any decision. Discombobulated just that totally much. Totally eh? destroyed, yeah. Really, destroyed. Eh? And it was because of the anxiety I was experiencing. Right. And I... I 
I was always the guy. I was always the guy that like, oh, you got anxiety? Sure. Yeah. It was for me, in many ways, it was made up. I always thought anxiety for a lot of people was made up until I had it. I did a lot of apologizing to a lot of people. Really, eh? Oh, yeah. And yeah. I still do. I feel terrible about it because yeah. I didn't realize it was that incredibly debil- like I was I was a wreck right and now I'm on it again and I'm I'm doing really really well with it right but at two thousand dollars for this test most people can't afford it that's exactly the thing they just can't afford it so they just go continue to go mm-hmm. well I think I have it but what am I going to do about it and it's an ongoing process too right yeah. I mean when, once you begin it uh, so I mean w- I, I realize that everybody's journey is, as an individual is unique but um, as you look back on it as you've gone through it where you are now has it played out like how you wanted it to? Is it still no, right? Okay. No, it's it's really confusing. Yeah. Um. So the first thing that happened to me, and ha- it's happened to a lot of other people that I know that have done this, right. is the very first words out of their mouth are, "Is this what everybody else feels?" I've wasted wow. my whole life. I've I've wow. lost. That's fi- powerful. I've lost. I have lost fifty years of my life to people thinking that I was stupid or lazy. Yeah. And all it was was a was a this. And it's terrifying. And I still I'm angry. I'm angry. Like I'm angry inside I'm angry about that all the time. Right. All the mislabeling, all the misrepresentation. Sure. The wasted time. Wasted time. The the what's look how much school I missed. I dropped out in grade 10 at the beginning of grade 10 as soon as I turned 16 cuz I failed every exam I ever did. Turns out I knew my subjects. I couldn't write exams. Right. And it was part of the ADHD. Yep. So I'm I'm starting to learn. I'm that getting was my th- big thing. I can I could not take tests. I could not take tests. It's I I still get this way if I come up like if I go <laughs> to a drive through and I come up with that big menu board. Yeah. I just I, I just see shaking images. Vapor lock. Right. It's <laughs> crazy. I could not take a test. Yeah. Yeah. You know you could we could sit down and I could do the subject and we could do it. But of course in those days no one was making any effort to individualize anything. No. So I was just stuck there. I'd walk into exams, write my name, and walk out. Yeah. I would have teachers phone me up and go, you sit can't do that. Hour. I'm like, yeah. I'm not going to sit there for an hour and a half. I'm literally sitting there for an hour and a half, and I'm going to put nothing on the paper. And I had, I finally had one English teacher and one math teacher, both of them the same year, who basically said, Daryl, we know you know this stuff. How come you don't? How come you fail your exams? I'm like, I don't know. And the, the one English teacher said, I'm going to read the exam to you. Right. You're going to give me the answers. And he's like, you got 96%. Yeah, he goes, but I, I can't even give it to you. He goes, at that point, there was so little of it. Mm-hmm. He's like, I can't give it to you because I'm not allowed to give verbal tests. We don't have them. Yeah. And then the math teacher did the, basically the same thing because of the way my brain works, and I know it works this way, mm-hmm. I can't show you how I do math. Yeah. You give me a math equation. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely true with me. I can do it in my head yep. and go, you write it down, I'll write it down. Yep. You're like, you can't have gotten that answer. So I was always cheating. Mm-hmm. You couldn't have got that, and I would fake it. Yeah. That was my mask. I'd just start writing numbers down. The teacher would be like, you can't get from there to there and have those answers. How did you get the answer? Who did just you cheat off? Just trying to bluff of? your way through like yeah. that duck under the water. Yeah, right? I didn't cheat off anybody. Going. It just works in my brain that way. You yeah. give me a math equation, I'm going to figure it out. Exactly. Do, 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 done. Exactly. Especially basic math, especially basic percentages and yeah. stuff like that. I can do off the top of my yeah. head. That's why I, I, in a lot of ways, want to go back to high school now. You know, one of the most gratifying things happened in the last couple years, right? Yeah. Guy, we kick ass in high Both school. Both of us now. go to O'Neill oh, for the last six months. There you go. See, so I, my son was doing this project and I helped him do it. Yeah. And like the teacher raved about it. It was the most proudest moment of my life. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no, we did that. I yeah. did that. We did that. I'm like, I could get it up because my brain is, well, I was going to say my brain is settled. That's not true, but it's, it's more than it was then. Right. But you've put the masks in place and you know, and you've had time. And this is the thing you've had time to learn. Yep. 
different methods of doing yep. things that work for you that you can get away with that you never had, but it's taken you 52, 53 years. Yeah. Fifty-three. Yeah, fifty-four. Just turned fifty-four. 54. Yeah. Trying to figure because he's two years yeah. older than I am. I'm yeah. fifty-one right now. Turning fifty-two soon. Yeah. Um, sixty-eight. I was born in sixty-eight. Yeah, two years older. There you go. Um, so it's it's you figure out how to do a lot of these things. And my neurodivergency, my ADHD, didn't allow me to figure those things out. Exactly. I was and never I'll, able to. And I'll prove it to you because you can't see in here right now. We should take a picture of this and put it on the thing. But uh, as we prepare for things. I have to prepare in a certain way. Yeah. Like, I have a sheet in front of me that a bunch of scribbles on it, but it tells me where we're going, what we're doing. Yeah. This is, this is a copy, and this is terrible over with no visual, but this is what my show is every day. Right. Right? I, because I've learned that, I always say, this is this piece of paper here, my show sheet, is 28 years of knowing my, what my weaknesses are. Right. Right? Because I know that I'll have a good thought, but I'll forget it. Um. Right, so I gotta write it down, and I, you know, I may not use it, but if I don't have it written down, it doesn't make it into. So I, I have to. There's in a lot of ways when I prepare my show, I do a completely different opposite show. But because I've laid down a show, you have some groundwork too. I, I, there's a comfort level in that, and that's my process. I don't know if I'm co- totally confident, but I'm going. Okay. Not even follow, just guide. Right. Oh, it's this time. I got to do something else. Just, just, just rails that yeah. I can stay inside of rails. Right, it's, that's it's, how I keep my strength strong. It's terrifying, and yes. that's what, what. So when I took my Vivance, this is one of the things it did for me. So what would happen before was I'd be at home, I'd be like, I need to do this project, and I need to do this project, and this project, and this project, and this project, and then my five spaces of RAM were full. This project, <laughs> and this project, and then I'd forget the first thing. Right, and Beth would come home, and I'm just saying this. Beth is not like this. Beth would come home and go, what did you do today? And I'd be on the couch going nothing because I couldn't remember what I was supposed to do. I couldn't remember what I was supposed to do. And I always felt that she was disappointed in me. She wasn't disappointed. She knew what was going on better than I did at the time. She wasn't disappointed in me. She would be disappointed the stuff didn't get done. But she's like, okay, I get it. I get what's happening. Exactly. So now with the Vivance, I'll be sitting in the front yard and going... I have to, and I can jump jobs, and I'm not forgetting any of them. And I always get my first job done, but I, I still jump jobs. I still can't. I'm still not that person that goes. My father-in-law says to me all the time, he goes, Daryl, just start the job and finish it. I'm like, I'm lucky if I can start the job and get the first thing done because I'm going to move over there and do that, and then I'm going to go exactly. over there and do that, and then I'm going to pop back to the front and do this. Mm-hmm. And that's my method. I, I can't, and I can't do one thing because that's not my brain. As soon as I start doing the tedium, yeah, the, the, exactly. I'm done. That's why I can't do uh, repeated tasks. I'm doing so some. I'm in radio because I need the changing yeah. landscape. Yeah. Or I'm done. Same I'm with done. the same reason I was in business. I can't commute because I get bored driving. <laughs> My mind wanders. Somebody asked me, they're like, why don't you become a truck driver? They make good money. Oh, don't and I'm like, I'm, I'd fall asleep at the wheel. I'd, be, I'm, I'd forget. I would be like, where am I? Oh, I'm in I'm in Mississauga. Exactly. I'm supposed to be in Kitchener. Sound those wheels on the road and put me to sleep in seconds. Oh Come my on. god, I'd be That's so the way I go. When, and I was in, when I was in my 20s and I was going cave diving in Florida. Right. I would drive to Florida 24 hours straight, Weesh. not even a, and but it was exciting. I was going to Florida to go cave diving. Now I get in the car and I'm like, I have to go to Niagara Falls. Ah, I get yeah. to Toronto. Should I get a room? <laughs> I think I'm gonna get a room for the night. Oh, horrible! Exactly. I can't drive at all. Well, <laughs> well how about a, a mid-show cheers to? Uh, the people in our lives who understand these things yeah. about us because, my goodness, we're a pant load sometimes, I'm, I'm so incredibly <laughs> lucky that uh, I'm so lucky with both my kids and Beth because Beth really understands. And uh, of all the people I have in, that I've had in my life over yeah. my over the years, Beth is the most understanding of what's going through me. And she's really, she's there 
she's there to help me and she listens and she talks to me and she asks me why is this happening what's going through your brain what how do you how does this affect you and she cares about it she wants to see me not be better but be happy yeah because being better doesn't mean being happy and being happy doesn't mean better yeah live my best life yeah well, um, here's to them and the families yeah. that are with yeah, us. Yeah, my because, kids, because uh, I get, I get, I get so frustrated. Chris, I get so frustrated, oh, yeah. and it's not their fault. Yeah, but like I'm trying to figure out to tell, how to tell them what we're having for dinner, and I'm stirring it, and I'm like, can't you just look in the <laughs> effing pot? Because I can't think of the word spaghetti, <laughs> and I get so angry. It's crazy. It's crazy how bad my brain can be sometimes. Yeah. And I'll be sitting there, I'll be like, uh, give me a piece of paper. It looks like. Like yeah, this. Exactly. Asparagus. Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. okay. There you go. Well, here's to your continuing journey, buddy, because, <laughs> you know, we'll, we'll get there someday. But yeah. it's all about getting there in some way or another, right? Absolutely. Hopping on the carry. And I'm happy to know it. It gives me something to learn. Right? Which it, is a great thing yeah. in life, man. Evolve or die. Yeah. I've I've watched, as I said, YouTube videos and stuff. If, if you do have ADHD out there and you, or you think you do, really jump into YouTube ADHD world. There's a there's a couple of really great sites on that. Um, there's one put out by a lady, lady named Jessica McCabe, I think her last name is. And she's got a site called How to ADHD. And it's brilliant. Everybody that works on it and everybody that's involved with it has ADHD. And you can just... You can see them when they're even when they're talking about it, and as soon as she starts talking, you're like ah, and you listen, and they go through things of like why you should take your pills, how you should set up different because somebody that doesn't have this mm-hmm. tries to tell you to do something like you should just keep a scheduler, really, oh. <laughs> right? Why well, can't you just put it on the schedule? Stop and then it. you watch this person talk to you about it on YouTube, and they're like, yeah, somebody told me to have a scheduler, I almost killed them the other day, <laughs> and you're like, what? and you suddenly you're like, oh yeah, because it's not that easy. It's exactly. not. It's so placating. It's not yeah. that easy. It's exactly. Easy. So yeah. if you're if you do think you have it, watch some of these yeah. YouTube videos. Watch somebody that's documented that they have a good following. There's a lot of people out there on TikTok that are doing it for the views now. Yeah. Um. But there's a few really really good people on TikTok that are young exactly. young guys that are young girls that are brilliant doing yeah. this, and you can really see even when they're talking, they're doing videos, and you're like, yeah, yeah that's me. That's that's yeah. so me. Exactly. And, and we and we talk about this out loud so that you, people understand that they're not the only ones going through it. You're, it's such an individual thing. It is. But uh, get out there and do what you got to do and, and get you the help you need. It's there. And final thing on this, please, woman. Understand you're more unprescribed and it's less diagnosed with you than males. You, If you think you have ADHD, you have to push your doctor. You have to push your doctor for that test because women are very underreported compared to men. And young girls and older females like my age probably have, if they think they have ADHD and they have all these things, there's a very good chance they have it. And the neurodivergency from men is usually you're hyperactive and your your movement, your like attention deficit and you're hyper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, yeah. and young girls don't necessarily some of them do have that, but most of them aren't that. Most of them are sit there and they're really good at art and they're really exactly. they're kind of withdrawn and that's still a form Put of ADHD and they still have exactly the same issues. In. Do not let the doctors tell you they don't get them tested. There it is right there. Uh, boy, when you say this uh, Maker's Mark uh, is easy to drink, you didn't lie about that. Yeah, one. it's a re- enjoying this. Come down to my last couple gulps. <laughs> people really, people really like them. The thing is, I don't like I don't like weeded bourbons. Oh really? Yeah, I'm not a fan of them. Oh really? There's a couple that I don't mind, but it's not my. It's really not my. I'm a rye guy. Like I love rye. Really? really eh? 
Yeah, so like when I drink bourbon, that's why even the first bourbons I gave you were like, here, try this. It's got rye in it. Here, yeah. try this. It's got rye in oh, it. Oh, I see. And now I'm getting down to like, okay, oh, I'm giving you the good. I've given you all the yeah. good stuff. Now we get to yeah. the. It's no. nice that you're finally opening up, Daryl, in that yeah. room. <laughs> like, my my wife loves your madness. My, my my wife loves weeded bourbons, and oh, yeah? I, I know a lot of people that do. Oh, yeah. really, this is a huge selling. Beth and I can go bourbon. sit on the porch and have some weeded bourbon. Yes, for sure. Uh, let's go back to the kitchen for a minute because I want to wrap up the the show here with this fun little thing because. Um, I consider myself to have some pretty solid sandwich game. Yeah. I think my kids would uh, attest to that. I, I believe you uh, you can make a glorious sandwich simply or magnificently. It, it is really just a magnificent thing. But, <laughs> excuse me, here's the question. Do you cut the sandwich into a triangle or do you cut it into a rectangle? Because this apparently is the dividing line in society. Uh, I don't. Don't. Cut. <laughs> Like, it, well, you just, I, I, you're just I don't grabbing that thing and freehanding it? Yeah, oh yeah. Just locking it into the clamp and yep, having at it? Just go at it. I really, for the most part, first of all, like you, I have huge mitts. Yeah. I have a really big hand. This is a sandwich mitt. Uh, right yeah, here. it's it's a sandwich mitt. Like, oh, I, man. it's not my fingers aren't very, my little tiny cadet you know fingers. Pub burgers but I have, I have so this, big. I have this palm that's like huge. Yeah. So no. when I eat a sandwich, my whole hand fits yeah. over to the end of it, so I don't have exactly. to cut it. But if I do cut it, I cut okay. it in half. I never cut it down. Now, are you doing that intentionally? Because this is saying, like, so I, I love the fact that they ask chefs this, right? <laughs> so I can see the chefs, my sandwiches. But apparently you're supposed to cut it in a triangle because it exposes more of the belly of the sandwich, which apparently is the best part. Well, that's a visual thing. Yeah. I always eat first, right? Learn yeah. The restaurant I, game here's right my on. thing. I always eat the upper crust first. So I Explain. always I eat the upper crust. The upper crust. So when you bake bread. Gotcha. There's it most times it's in a bread uh, pan. Exactly. Right. This is where you can see my ADH is coming in real bad because I'm like bread <laughs> pan. Um, it's in a bread pan and only a certain amount of it is exposed to the air, right. and it's the upper part of the crust, which is the rounded part. Right. The square part is the bottom part of the crust. Right. And the bottom part of the crust is almost always less hard than the top. Listen, this insider stuff right here. Yes. So this I, is big time. I always eat the top crusty part first. Really? Always. Wow. And generally what I'll do is I'll eat the top crusty part, and then I'll eat the bottom part, and then I eat the center. You know what you are? You're handy to have around because that stuff's going to the, the landfill any other place, but not you. Yeah, no. You're the I'm, cleanup guy. I, and if I cut a sandwich, I cut it in half. And I don't cut it in half, but it, I have. Like, this do you consciously cut it in half, or do you just cut the sandwich? I like cut the sandwich, but I have it argue with myself on a regular basis because it's uh. also how it fits into your mouth. Well, this is the thing because I was going to say because when you do the triangle, you got the hook yeah. right. You got that that point, and you just right well, in there. Not only do I have a big hand, head. I have a big mouth. Well, yeah, so right. I don't really have a problem fitting it around. A, I, yeah, you don't have a problem <laughs> fitting around half the sandwich. <laughs> but there's certain times where I look at a sandwich and go, I should have cut that on the diagonal because uh. I can take a smaller well, bite. That's the thing. Right, so if you like, we both have goatees, and you have yeah. some beard hair. Yeah. But if you have something like a really yeah. a saucy sandwich with mayonnaise, or you're right. eating a buffalo chicken sandwich, yeah. you kind of want to have that angle exactly. so that you can get it in your mouth without covering your face with sauce. Well, it's, it's even deeper because, like, you take the hit on the first bite, you take most crust <laughs> on the bite, and then so. But if you do that right, you expose a huge second bite yeah. of just sandwich. But if, if you have, if you have and it on a diagonal, and you take a bite like this, then you have two more angles. Well, no, fair enough. Right? That's just that's just good planning. See, so, you're 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 more of a long term guy. I'm a short term gratification yeah. guy. No, I'll take the short hit. Give me the big bite in the middle. I'm a I'm a real bad guy for sandwiches. I, oh, yeah? I, I really enjoy making sandwiches, and I have Nothing real wrong with a Sammy man. Oh my god, they're so good. My my ultimate food. If I could eat every day, if I if I had a choice to eat something every right. day, it would be either sandwiches or burgers. 
Yeah. And no. if I could have both of those, I would never <laughs> eat anything else again. Really? I there's nothing better than for me a burger encapsulates yeah. everything. Really? It's yeah. It's got your it's got your carbohydrate on the top. Love a burger. Well, and you could do the same thing with a sandwich, right? So yeah. that's what I'm saying. Yeah. You have a carbohydrate on the top. Yeah. Right. So you have your bun. Yeah. And you have a cheese. So you have a dairy. Right. And you have your lettuce and tomato. Oh. And then you have your meat. You're winning me. It's over. a whole meal. Yeah. And in the states, it's funny that you actually bring this up. In the states, a sandwich isn't a sandwich unless it has meat in it is that true yes so like a pb and j isn't a isn't i just re- a i just read it yesterday i can't remember exactly where right. i saw it but it's not a sandwich of pb no it's got to have it's only wow. classified as a sandwich if it's got meat in the middle of it right i don't know wow i can't remember exactly and yeah you know this well, is gonna be one of those this is gonna be one of those things someone's gonna yeah. come back and look at your word to say that yeah. and i'm gonna be like oh well you know that's only in arkansas the dirt. And, uh, <laughs> but exactly. yeah and I eat, I love sandwiches. I some of the sandwiches. Beth used to when Beth went to school at University of Guelph. She used to get this uh, cream, this veg, vegetable cream cheese or something like that. And I would get a pita. I'd put the veggie cream cheese on the pita. Right. And then I would put peanut butter on the other side. Right. And then I'd put shreddies in the middle for life. Nice. And fold it and eat that. Nice. Yeah. And it was a fan. Beth just won't even talk to me about it. She's like, I didn't know you back then. You're insane. Uh. Um, but I love uh, I love that in a sandwich, like uh, a French fry sandwich. Oh, dude! Someone brought in a burger to the station once, and it was a big old meat burger. It was yeah. beautiful. It had all the big things on it. it had all kinds of pickles and everything. And then it also had a piece of fried chicken yeah. on the burger. And I'm yes. like, this is the height of human. Have evolution. you never had a double down? I, well. This is prior to the, yeah, from the KFC stuff. Yeah, that's just evil. Ah, so that good. Is, that is like, you know, like the person who invented that should simultaneously be whipped and invited over to my house yeah. every three days. So, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, the, fri- you know, fried, uh, fried ribs. Yes. Do you know who that was invented by? Who was invented that by? Ted Reader. No way. Ask him about him next time. Is I see that it. true? Yes. Oh, Ask him about Teddy. it next time he did it. He was, at a, he was at a conference one day, and he was there doing some testing and stuff with somebody, yeah. and he threw ribs in the fryer. We should bring Ted Reader in sometime. I've never heard anyone be able to describe a food on a radio so well as Ted <laughs> Reader. I, you don't understand, folks. Talking, Trying to describe food over a microphone is... It's tough. It's, it's, it's very nails tough. nails it. Yeah, it's very tough. You have to You have to really enjoy food, and you have to enjoy what you're doing with it. You have to love the visuals behind it and everything else. Um, and he does a good job at it. That's his job. He's a chef. He's a, and he's a good. He's a great chef. But he's the guy that came up with that. So, like, here's a question. That's remarkable. I didn't know that. Do you like your burgers cut in half, or do you like them straight up round? It's <laughs> <laughs> a tough one because I've had them both ways. Yeah, I don't like burgers cut in half. You don't like burgers cut in half? No. Uh, I had one done that way, and it was pretty darn good. I uh, had seven. It was pretty darn good. I, 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 when a burger comes to the table at a restaurant, and they've cut it in half. I just get instantly disappointed. See, I can I eat it. I'll, I will be fine with it. Hmm? Sometimes I will cut my burger in half if I'm home. I don't think I'd ever do that in public. That I don't want people thinking that. You think that? Look at you. You're 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 at me. What are you doing? <laughs> you cut a burger. Cut a burger. We make burgers. What, am I, what is a heinous? Yeah, you're never having a burger at my place. You cut burgers in half ever. And I was gonna make you the most amazing smash burgers you've ever had in your life. Oh, Fresh buns, cheese, smashed burger down. But nice now onions. Just an abomination. Yeah, now you can just no. bring McDonald's over. <laughs> now it should be, you know, like it's it's usually only when I'm at home. But yeah, I, I think I, I have to confess I've cut my burger in half. Oh, uh, no, I don't. Uh, it's I because don't do it. it's because there's I have a landing zone on the front of all my shirts. 
All right. <laughs> so, it's why I wear black. So it's why I, all my shirts are black. <laughs> exactly. So if I know I'm going out somewhere, <laughs> I kept the burger in house so I can manage it. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I, I learned years ago, right. all of my clothes are black. Yes. Because I spill... And it doesn't matter how much I try. I could lay on a bed with my head hanging over the side, and I'd still get food on front of me. Like, what is wrong? How does that happen? I, it doesn't matter what stage of my life. This, this like, six-inch square space yeah. on my chest is what? the landing zone, yeah. man. It does, Ketchup, I, mustard, I, And it coffee. will always happen at the worst possible time, right before an actual event. Yeah, that's because you cut your burger in half. Well, you can leak out. I've cursed myself yeah. is what I've done. Forever. I, I did this to the face of the hamburger gods. You made fun of me for cutting my sandwich <laughs> in half, and mine was just a, like, a, I don't know, I think I do. I'll never learn. Yeah. I never <laughs> learn. Hey, buddy, it's been great talking to yeah, you. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. My goodness, it's been great. Uh, thanks to Buddy Ben, uh, who brought the music tonight. He's got some new stuff on his YouTube. Check that out. Yeah, I've been checking it out on through Facebook. What and an uh, don't forget, we have our social medias up. we got a web page we're putting up. You can find all of our stuff on there. Find us on Apple Podcasts. But if you go to studio6201.com, it's all listed there now. Hey, thanks for being so honest with the ADHD stuff. Uh, you know, I, I know it's been a journey for you, but it's good to share that stuff, man. It's a tough journey, and, and the more people talk about it, the better it is for everybody. Exactly. And uh, thanks for bringing the booze again. You're welcome. Always Enjoy. An excellent choice. Yeah. I look forward to what you uh, bring in. Next so. time, I'm going to bring you some Japanese whiskey. Oh, now you're just teasing me. I can't <laughs> wait for it. Uh, everybody, thanks for hanging out with us. Thanks, thanks for having me over, Chris. Hey, buddy, it's always a pleasure. Good to see you again.